The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 15 plus years of experience with you. Whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So, put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Happy Valentine's Day to you all. Yes, I know that you will be listening to this on February 16th, but I am recording this on the day of love. (laughs) So, I hope that you all had a very romantic Wednesday, whether it was romantic with your lover, romantic with your friend, or romantic by yourself. (laughs) I mean, I'm not really going to go too far into that one, but however you chose to celebrate, I hope that you enjoyed the day. Um, Things have been, you know, the usual, overwhelmingly busy as as things go with me, Uh, but I, I went for 19 days without a break, and finally I am getting a day off, so... Uh, I, I don't always look at podcasting as work, so it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm working on my day off, but, um, I've been going for quite a long time. I have a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, in the next few weeks, I will be, uh, bringing some of my, my kids to Youth America Grand Prix, uh, where they will be competing. It's an international ballet competition. I've talked about it in previous podcasts. So I'm really looking forward to finally getting to show off everything that we've been working on uh, for the last, I mean, since September, really. We've been working on some contemporary pieces, and I'm excited to see how they do, and I'm excited to see how the the judges at Youth America Grand Prix uh, or, or what they think about these pieces because I've really been trying to push these kids' limits. They're very, very classical. So to get them to move in a more contemporary way is, is very, it's very challenging. And I think that they've really risen to uh, that challenge. So um, if you are curious about what my teaching schedule is coming up, uh, just a quick 
rundown of all of that. So currently all of my classes are at Broadway Dance Center. I am teaching beginner ballets on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. On Thursdays, I have an intermediate level class, which I teach more than advanced pro level because they don't have that uh, currently at Broadway Dance Center. On Fridays, I teach an advanced beginner class, which often runs more like a slow intermediate. Um, and then in March, on Sundays, my basic ballet classes on uh, at 6 p.m. will be coming back. Currently, we are in, I think, the sixth week of our absolute beginner workshops of eight weeks. So I have that. And then uh, that will be running for a month. And then starting in April again, I will be running another absolute beginner workshop. So if you want to sign up for that, you are welcome to contact Broadway Dance Center. You can either go to their website, broadwaydancecenter.com, or you can uh, call them um, and sign up for that. Oh, I forgot. Also, on Thursdays in March, they're also adding a another basic ballet class uh, with me. So I've got lots of ballet classes uh, at Broadway Dance Center. I'm hoping that I get some more contemporary classes to spread the contemporary love in the city. But that's what we got for now, which I don't think is too shabby. All right, so I think that I covered everything that I need to go over with you guys before we get started on this week's topic. So this week, I want to rehash a blog that I recently wrote. So for those of you that are new listeners, um, I'm not sure if you know, but I am also a blogger. In fact, I actually started as a blogger uh, on Life of a Freelance Dancer. And after about three and a half, four years of that, uh, Kimberly Falker, our CEO here at the Premier Dance Network, she also has her Balancing Point uh, podcast where I initially met her. Um, she reached out to me and asked if I wanted to join her brand new network with the Premier Dance Network. So that's how I got this podcast. Um, and recently, back in November, after I transitioned my life from Philadelphia to New York City completely, uh, I also felt the need to transition my writing because I had been writing on Life of a Freelance Dancer for five years without a break. And I was I had a horrible case of writer's block, which I had never had before. And I, after taking a f the summer off from writing, I determined that the reason I had writer's block was not really because I had I was blocked. It was more that I was running out of fresh experiences to write about. So I decided to archive that blog and to start writing on dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. So Dancing Off Stage, if you didn't listen to my uh, podcast, I think it was back in November when it launched, um, it is a platform where I discuss the post-performance careers of professional dancers. So we talk about everything from teaching to choreographing to physical therapy to owning your own studio um, and then a bunch of opinion uh, type pieces and uh, how to this and that and all that. So um, I figured today every every once in a while I, I rehash old blogs and um, I wanted to I wanted to rehash not an old blog today uh, because I wrote a post last week that I thought was really really good and since I'm still gaining visibility with this blog and also because I want uh, to make sure that you guys are aware of it I thought that I would rehash what I wrote last week. Um, I mean, it's a newer blog, but it, I've also gotten some great visibility uh, with it. I wrote a, a post about hands-on corrections, uh, being a male teacher, whether it was appropriate or not, and how I felt about it. And uh, it was actually picked up by 
Dance Teacher magazine. It was picked up by Point magazine, and it was picked up by the Dance uh, the Dance Network. So uh, even though <laughs> it's brand new, it's already gotten some exciting visibility. So I just want to uh, spread more of the dancing off stage love uh, and uh, share this with you. And again, if you are curious about my writings, I, I post a blog opposite of every week that I podcast. And if you want to be reminded, you can always subscribe. There's a subscribe button that you can click on my blog. And the more you share it, the more I write. So help me out and show some love. Okay. So here we go. This last week's post was called sharing your art. And it was about perfectionism versus pretension in our art form. As professional artists, we have worked very hard to perfect our art. In fact, for many of us, our entire lives have been dedicated to perfectionist acts in order to understand, live, and share our art form. For me, it sometimes feels like there is nothing more important than the refinement process in the studio, the artistic process in the psyche, and the exploratory process in the form of play, trial, and error. But at times, I catch myself sharing my artistic practices, something I care about very deeply, as if they have more value than anything else in the world. I've wondered over the years whether this makes me impassioned or gives off an air of pretension. During my time dancing with Pacific Northwest Ballet, I was extremely unaware of the insular artistic bubble that I existed in. While dancing for this high-end organization for seven years... Dozens of highly qualified artists work di- diligently daily beside one another using collaboration and competition to boost one another to the next level of perfectionism. That's some good alliteration in there for you guys. <laughs> this works well on an insular level, but it also tends to dissolve an artist's reality outside of this bubble, as it requires an intense level of commitment and effort. Striving for perfection daily, along with constant peer-to-peer comparison, creates an atmosphere of exponential growth. But it also cultivates a sense of judgment that, while helpful and understood within our tight-knit community, bled outside of our thickly insulated bubble. This often led to intense scrutiny of all things across our art form, as if they were all being judged by the same standards as we were, albeit not sharing our company history or budget. It took me leaving this intense, safe atmosphere to recognize the benefits and downfalls of having mentality that the work we were doing was more important than most anything else. This was a place where anybody who wasn't achieving an equally high standard as we were could be judged using words including bad, fat, unmusical, cheap, awful, weak, unqualified, and a variety of other negative descriptions. While this may appear as perfectionist behavior within one community, it may project as pretentious if these unwelcome opinions are shared. Every dance artist has to start somewhere. Aside from maybe one or two prodigies in every generation that passes by, practically no dancer naturally begins performing technical exercises with perfection, maintains perfect physical form at all times, dances with immaculate musicality, or exudes the inner soul of every character that they portray. Most of us start out with recreational intentions, and many of us do so without regards of how our feet are pointed, how fit we are, or how it makes us feel emotionally. All of these characteristics plus passion must be cultivated within an artist over a period of time without judgment beyond constructive individualized criticism. Individualized is a hard word to say. (laughs) Similarly, all audiences must be shown why it is important for them to be involved in any cultural institution. If we present artists with expectations of pure perfection before they are ready to put that pressure upon themselves, it will be impossible to build the future of our art form. 
In my own personal practice as a dance educator and choreographer, I have found myself exploring the practice of making our art form important to my students without coming off as pretentious about the need for extreme effort, motivation, and artistry. Just because I had success in my performance career and love what I do doesn't mean that anybody who enters my classroom will share the same sentiment as me. Just because I tell a student that something is important doesn't mean it is actually important to them. What I try to do is slowly educate those in my classes about all aspects of our art form. And this is just an add-on that I'm going to say right now, but uh, it wasn't always this way. Of course, <laughs> what I've learned throughout my entire life and throughout my entire career has been through trial and error. And uh, initially, I did go into the studio with, I think, a bit too much oomph and try to show my passion to dancers, thinking that that would drive them to be passionate. Um, but there, there was a different process that I had to explore. But just to get back on track now, let's get Let's get back on it. What I try to do is slowly educate those in my classes about all aspects of our art form. By adding interesting trivia questions at the beginning of class, I subtly educate students on American and sometimes international dance culture. Whether listing off major regional and civic dance companies to explain the company rankings, offering details on full-length and one-act works, the internal administrative and artistic workings of a company, and choreographers of note, I offer information that a student can take home with them and research if they find it interesting. Beyond this, I use other tactics to motivate physical and artistic development. Only when we pique a blossoming artist's interest can dance become something more than an after-school activity. When I first started teaching, I expected dancers to work hard because I already had them in my classroom. What I found was that many dancers didn't understand why they had to work hard or know how to work hard in a way that was effective. My perfectionist tendencies would project onto students and come off as pretentious because they had not yet bought into the process or they needed to create a sense of importance around their work in the studio. I remember constantly, this is me again, not reading, but just me talking, but I remember uh, constantly turning to students and being like, if you think that I'm hard on you, imagine how hard I am on myself, which I felt really rung true. And every once in a while that would really work, um, but really I had to get people to uh, to really uh, understand why it was important to them. Um, okay, back on track. It is necessary to buy in to do many tasks that artists do. Why do I care that I'm holding my leg at or above 90 degrees for eight counts? Why does it matter if I do or don't let my standing leg give out in a pirouette? Lately, I have found myself telling students that in the grand scheme of the world, it isn't important that they want to do these things. But in order to accomplish these feats, it is integral that in those moments they are working in class or on stage, that they feel that the work is the most important thing on earth. Only then can we accomplish superhuman feats. But it is also important while working with impressionable students, whether young or senior, that we remind them that there is a reality outside of our beautiful art form that must be recognized. Looking at the separation between pretension and perfection in our art form also lies in who we are interacting with and how we respond to others that we feel haven't yet obtained the same level of execution or understanding that we have. If something is important to me, but not to you, and I really push the point, I may come off as pretentious. We too often share the tendency to tear down others in their process of finding artistic excellence, especially without consideration for where they came from and where they are going. I remember when I first started my four years freelancing with multiple established and fledgling professional organizations across the country. 
only having the standards that surrounded me during my time dancing at Pacific Northwest Ballet, I judgmentally felt that anything that wasn't on the level of work that I had been a part of during my tenure there was either bad, dysfunctional, or laughable. I was actually afraid to share some of what I was doing publicly for fear of humiliation when viewed through the eyes of my former colleagues. But what I learned throughout this period was one of the most important lessons I've learned throughout the entirety of my nearly 16-year career thus far. We must remember that we are not all dancing along parallel tracks of artistic growth and expectation. We all exist in different stages of our art form and all have different purposes that can grow or reroute at any time. A great example of this can be seen in the differences between dance organizations across the country. Some regional dance companies are still very much so in the audience education period of their organization's growth. Yes, their practices may currently be flawed in comparison to a major company. Yes, the quality of their performances may pale in comparison to companies with multi-million dollar budgets because they can't afford (laughs) to have the lavish sets and live orchestra and all that. But most of the nation's finest cultural institutions started this way. Look at American Ballet Theater. When they were merely just ballet theater touring across the country by bus and performing in any and every theater possible, they probably didn't have the finest quality productions. Additionally, there was no nationwide comparison to vouch for the quality of these dancers. But look at the company today. They're one of the leading arts organizations in the world. The important thing to recognize here is that all artists are an important part of our community, whatever stage they're at in, in our art form. And in order to continue cultivating dance into a sustainable place, we must develop the importance of perfectionist actions through a carefully curated process that neither pushes potential artists away from the art form, nor tears down working artists that are not quite as far down their professional path as you are. If a young dancer stops training because the teacher doesn't slowly allow them to explore why our art form is important, we have failed. If younger arts organizations try to force their audience to understand our art form too quickly, people will look at the organization as if they are pretentious and the company may begin to lose support. Without community support, an arts organization can no longer exist. Pretension is a turnoff that slows down or completely halts the progress of our art. For this reason, it is so important that we don't let our own personal or insular bubble perfectionism project onto others. Instead, I find it best to offer a helping hand that is ready to offer guidance and insight only when an artist is ready to accept it. So there you go. That was my blog post that I posted last Friday on Dancing Offstage. Again, if you want to check out some other blogs I've posted, it's uh, dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. Um, and I think this is a really important conversation to be having. Um, it was inspired by a friend who posted a, a video of an organization and two really high-end artists talking about our art form and the work that they were doing as if there was nothing more important than it in the world. And they, they mentioned that it was pretentious. And I was thinking, like I watched it and I was thinking to myself, like, is it really pretentious or are they just so stuck in our world that it does feel so important to them. And I, I've, I've, <laughs> I've gone the entire gambit of the dance world. I've gone from, I started at a recreational dance school. We turned into a, a competition school, like jazz competitions. Then I fell in love with ballet. And then I trained in a very Russian school at the Care of Academy of Ballet. Then went to the School of American Ballet, very Balanchine. And then I, I danced for Houston Ballet and Pacific Northwest Ballet, two of the biggest, most renowned companies in, in the country with lots of money and high-end artists all working at high levels. And then I started freelancing across the country where I performed with 
brand new companies uh and then i danced gigs i danced with uh schools um and then after that i started teaching and i've taught everywhere from nyu to pennsylvania ballet school to smaller recreational and competition schools so i've seen it all and i mean my i still have the heart of a high-end uh, professional uh, but at the same time, I, I'm as I try to develop myself into a, a leader in our art form, uh, and hopefully a trusted leader in our art form. I also I, I'm using all the experiences I've had to try to recognize and give credit to everybody in our art form because truly everybody has to start somewhere, and we all have to go up a path. And it's not I'm not trying to say like if you if you go on my Facebook and I write something critical, I, like I don't want you to think I'm, I'm being. Uh, What's the word when you're, uh, when you're saying something and you say the opposite? I can't think of it right now. But I, I don't want people to think that I, I'm not being true to myself because I am still very critical. But what I do now, instead of being critical from the high standards that I, I learned while I was dancing at Houston Ballet and Pacific Northwest Ballet and School of American Ballet and all that, I try to think, where is this artist today? How do I help them get to the next level? And then if they get to the next level, then it starts over again. Where is this artist today? How can I get them to the next level? And then by the time that they do get to that high level, dancing with a high level company, then I hold them to the standards that I hold myself to. So it's it's been a really interesting process for me. I'm only 34, still figuring life out. So <laughs> I think we all, we're always figuring things out, but this is where I am today. And I, I really do think that we as artists can't get so stuck in the work that we're doing that we we look at everybody else with the same uh, rules that we have for ourselves, rules and expectations. So I encourage you to do the same. Um, and I'm also curious what you guys think of this blog post. Uh, uh, let me know. You you can always reach out to me on my contact page on my website, or you can always go on Facebook and send me a message. Let me know. Have you had an experience where you felt that uh, you were interested in a dance performance or a dance company or an institution, and they were so pretentious that it turned you off? Or have you had moments where you've just tr- been passionate about what you're doing, and somebody has come to you and, and said, well, why do you think that what you're doing is so important or why do you think you're so high and mighty? So uh, please do interact with me and let me know know your thoughts on that or any experiences that you've had. I do love hearing from you guys. I've also had a lot of you coming up to me in my classes and telling me that you're a listener, which is so exciting. Um, and also I've had a few of you reach out to me um, telling me that you're coming to visit New York and you want to come take class with me at Broadway Dance Center and even uh, asking for private lessons. So it's all very cool. Um, so with that, I think that it is officially time to call this episode to a finale. So with that, I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrycorollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcasts. And we love our sponsor, Body Wrappers by Angelo Luzio. Uh, or if you'd like to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. You can also subscribe on there. 
Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on my social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolis, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have Life of a Freelance Dancer, which is currently archived after five years of writing, where I wrote about working as a freelance artist. Also, if you didn't get enough of it today, you can subscribe to my Dancing Offstage blog where I discuss the post-performance careers of professional dancers, and that is at dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. Lastly, I have a YouTube channel, Be Corollas, that features some of my choreography. So if you're curious about my choreographic work, you can check it out by searching that there. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chat. I hope you return in two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.